of the heart of South Philadelphia. I'm Brent Snyder, and you're listening to Straight Out of Philly. Tonight, our beloved Eagles look to demolish the Kansas City Chiefs and bring home our second Lombardi Trophy in five years. So sit back, grab a beer, and strap in for a wild ride. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back from the break. During break, we had some breaking news coming in that you guys might want to know about or just be interested in. Uh, the United States military shot down a third UFO over Canadian airspace on Saturday, February 11th. With the help of two Canadian aircraft fighters, our F-22 Raptor used one 9X AIM missile to destroy the object. This happened just a few days after another F-22 Raptor shot down a second UFO over northern Alaska. What the fuck is happening? Are we living under the threat of an alien invasion, and I don't mean the kind we're experiencing every day along our southern border. Waking up to the little green men would be fucking awesome in some sci-fi movie, but not in real life. We have to be able to differentiate our fantasy life and our real life. If no alien invasion is happening, then what is it? Could it be something nefarious, like a foreign government invading our airspace looking for intelligence? I can tell you this for sure. The longer our military and government waits to release information regarding the UFOs, the tin hat wearing motherfucking kooks will have a field day with their conspiracy theories. I believe, as an American, we have the right to be informed on what the hell is going on. I know, I know, I know. They can claim national security all they want, but that can only go so far. Is this some kind of wag-the-dog bullshit to distract us from all the scandals and disasters this administration is dealing with? Are we legitimately under attack by alien life forms? Or should we start prepping for a Red Dawn invasion scenario? I can tell you this, though. As long as our government fails to show progress and inform the American people, you know, us, these conspiracies will continue to and run rampant. All right, you jabronis, I want to hear what you think about these UFOs flying around. Just drop a comment below and I'll get back to you. If I don't like it, I'm going to delete you. All right, scumbags, it's break time. Back to scumbags. Let's switch gears and talk Phillies baseball. As we all know, pitchers and catchers reported today. I don't know about you, but after the last year's magical run, I can't fucking wait. Each day, I check the calendar app on my iPhone, hoping to wake up and seeing the text that says spring training has started. Each year, us Phillies fans have bitched and moaned about how shitty our postseason was, especially in regards to our bullpen. Sure, we went out and signed Bryce Harper, arguably a top five player of all time, to a huge contract, but our bullpen, it's still blue. Last year, we rode the strength and the momentum of primarily two to three incredible arms. But the fans know that that won't happen this year. So what does our front office do? They go out and make our bullpen one of the strongest of all teams entering the 2023 season. Not only did our bullpen become amazing, we added a high-value starter to Tinker, Taquan Walker, for the fourth starter in our possibly best rotation since the 2008 championship series. Wait, wait, wait. We cannot forget about the future Cy Young Award winner and hopefully 2023 20, Rookie of the Year, Aaron Painter, 
who will turn only 20 years this old this season. Yes, that's right. He's still in his goddamn teens. Whoa, this is going to be a fun ride. But I forgot about one more signing we made during the offseason. Argue the best shortstop in baseball. We go out and sign Trey Turner to solidify our defense and our lineup as well. Imagine this starting lineup, if you will. First, our shortstop, Trey Turner. Batting second, left fielder, Kyle Schwarber. Batting third, catcher, JT Ramuto. Batting fourth, at a cleanup spot, first baseman, Reese Hoskins. Batting fifth, right fielder, Nick Castellanos. At DH, you're looking at Derek Hall. Third baseman, Alec Bone or Paul Hall. Batting eighth, second baseman, Bryson Stott. And finally, batting ninth, center field, Brendan Marsh. Talk about a fucking lineup. I don't see an easy out anywhere in that lineup. If one of you listeners tell me where you see an easy out, I would love to listen. And don't forget, that doesn't include Bryce Harper, who's out because he also breaks with an injury. I have to admit, when the DH entered the National League, I fucking hated it. I really enjoyed the historical approach that teams had to take when their batter was, was the pitcher. But, of course, after last season, I'm very much in favor of the National League using the DH now. Yes, yes, yes. I know I might be biased, but who gives a fuck? It's a Philly thing. All right, you jabronis. Time for another break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the most valuable Philly player on the team and my five bowl predictions for the upcoming season. Sit back and don't go anywhere. We'll be back soon. Hi, jabronis. Welcome back. Still talking baseball here. So my next question for you is, who is our most important player entering the 2023 season? There could be a dozen players that fit the bill here. Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, Aaron Nola are just a few players that come to mind. But in my opinion, the Phillies' most important player is no other than the backup catcher, Garrett Stubb. Before anyone starts throwing batteries at me, just hear me out first. J.T. Ramuda is hands down the best catcher in baseball, turning 31 this year. J.T. was the spark the Phillies needed throughout the World Series run. To maximize his potential this season, the Phillies must be careful with his workload. Last season, J.T. caught the league-leading 1,288 innings, 300 more than the Oakland A's Sean Murphy. I can't imagine how my body would feel after a monstrous season like that. Knees wouldn't work, back would be destroyed. As J.T. gets older, the recovery time between games might take a little longer. That's why having a stud backup catcher like Stubb is every team's wet dream. During the first half of the upcoming season, why not use JT at DH? Say any day games or especially day games that follow a night game. Not only would this strategy give JT's knees a much needed rest, but a much needed reps to be ready for if, God forbid, JT misses major time due to a major injury. Obviously, that's the worst case scenario, but getting some rest for JT while keeping him back in the lineup is essential for the Phillies to make another World Series run. Without a healthy JT, there might not be another hunt for Red October this season. All right, so time for my top five bold predictions. Number one, the Phillies will win 105 games and their division this year. Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler will finish in the top three for the Cy Young race. Trey Turner will be a 30-30 player for the Phillies. Our rookie stud, Aaron Painter, 
will win the Rookie of the Year at the age of 20. And for my final pick, the Phillies will win the World Series in six over the Houston Astros. All right, you jabronis, time for a break time. After the break, we'll talk about Super Bowl 57. After two weeks of excitement mixed with a lot of nervousness, our Eagles finally mixed it up with Chiefs Kansas City at Super Bowl 57. After what most call the best Super Bowl matchup ever, the Chiefs won a hard-fought battle, 38-35, on a game-winning field goal. It was a world of two halves. The first half, the Eagles controlled every aspect of the match, going into halftime with a 24-10 lead. Jalen Hurts played his ass off. Our offensive line demolished the front line of KC's defense. Everything was clicking. But here comes Rihanna in the 20-minute halftime show. I will say, her show is one of the better ones in the past few years, but the second half was all KC. Apparently, the Eagles' defense never returned to the field after the halftime show. Kansas scores 25 points in the last two quarters, making a much closer game than us Eagles fans wanted. If it wasn't for the legs of Jalen Hurts, it would have been ugly, ugly, ugly game. His hard-ass runs to score a two-point conversion to tie the game had us Eagles fans chanting, fly, Eagles, fly. Then the officiating decided to end the game. Throughout the game, the refs called a pretty even match. Driving on the game-winning drive, the fucking refs decided they wanted the KC Chiefs to win. Less than a minute left, the ref threw a flag on a ticky-tack holding call on TV Bay. Replay showed the refs made a terrible fucking call, but unfortunately, there is no challenging a defensive holding call. After that goddamn call, that's all she wrote. The Chiefs ran the clock out, and Harrison Butcher nailed an easy chip shot from 24 yards to win. Listen here, guys. I'm not taking a single thing away from the Kansas City Chiefs at all. They have the best QB in the fucking game, possibly top five already. But Super Bowl 57 was the Eagles to lose. On paper, the Eagles were the superior team. We... We all know that the best team on paper doesn't always win. Even though Patrick Mahomes won the MVP, I believe and will always think that Jalen Hurt was a real MVP that day. Yes, I know that the MVP rarely goes to a losing player, but Jalen had a monster game. Over 300 yards passing and one unbelievable touchdown pass to A.J. Brown, Jalen also added 70 yards on the ground with a Super Bowl time three, three rushing TDs. If I had a vote, Jalen Hurts was a true MVP of 57. Even though our hopes and dreams were slaughtered on February 12th, our future looks bright as hell. Hurts is in line for a huge contract, possibly one that could average $50 million a year. Our O-line will continue to be top in the league. Hopefully, Kelsey decides to resign to the team for one more run. Brown and the Slim Reaper will continue to be the top receiving duo in the NFL. Our defensive line will undoubtedly lose some older players, one being possibly a longtime Eagle fan play, and player, Fletcher Cox. But if anyone doubts Howie Roseman after this past season, should definitely reevaluate their support for this outstanding team. With the draft coming up and some big offseason moves, the Philadelphia Eagles will return to Super Bowl 58, hopefully this time against someone other than Patrick Mahomes. Fellow scumbags, that does it for the first ever episode of Straight Out of Philly. I want to say thank you for tuning in and grinding through my first try at this. I promise my next one will be better. 
Don't forget to follow me on all social media platforms and tune in next week for reviews of the upcoming Philly mayoral race, spring training check-in, and any other breaking news. This is Brent Snyder coming to you straight out of